0: hey there everybody this here's dave damn it all the time all the time (laughs) at least once i'm gonna get one more time i marked (laughs) it i marked it all right i'm marking it here we go would you look at the time everybody welcome in to we say weird shit i am your humble
1: i quit hey debians Thank
0: you for tuning in to
1: We We Say Say Weird Weird Shit.
0: For coming in to we say weird shit, we are your humble hosts. My name is Dave, and
1: I'm Liz,
0: and that's the best you're gonna get out of me. Today we have a very <laughs> special guest. We've been waiting for this one to come on for a couple of weeks now. Everybody say hello to Kimberly Henry. Hello, Kimberly.
2: Hello. How are you? Not bad.
0: Well, How I'm better you? now that I got the. In- I'm better now that I got the introduction in right. <laughs> so that's that's good. <laughs> Third try, everybody. Three times a charm. Um, so, uh, why don't you give us a, just a little bit of insight on Kimberly today?
2: Sure. Uh, to give you a little bit of background, I worked for the government for over 20 years.
0: Uh oh, I'm closing the computer down.
2: Shit. <laughs> and I decided to take that courageous leap to quit the job and. Step into really being an entrepreneur because it's one thing to say I'm an entrepreneur, and it's another thing to do the thing to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with you.
2: <laughs> so, and that I, was I, I left the job uh, in November of 2021, and I just oh. shy of 22 years.
0: So you are a new entrepreneur. I am. All right. Well, how's it feel paying yourself?
2: If I had a tagline for what it looks like that I didn't know what it would look like then, (laughs) it's it's about the journey, not the destination. I'm constantly reminding myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I mean, see, in my line of work, because, you know, I... I just work retail. We sell Delta-8 and stuff like that. It's wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't know if you know anything about Delta-8, but uh, basically it's, an, it's a THC that's extracted from hemp. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's one of the many products that we sell. And I always say the op- opposite. I say it's always the destination and not the journey because mm-hmm. it, the shit tastes terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about perspective, right? (laughs) It's all about perspective.
0: (laughs) So um, you are an entrepreneur and I see that you actually just, you write memoirs for people. You help them tell their story.
2: Yeah. So there's three ways that people can work with me. You do it yourself. You do it with me. Cause I'm also a life coach. So I can coach with the stuff that comes up. Cause a lot of stuff comes up mm-hmm. or I do it for you. So because people are in different phases of their life, it just kind of speaks to where the person is at the time and what they want.
0: Oh, right on. Um, and something like this, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about, you know, I, you know, is it, kind of like autobiographical ah, autobiographies or is yeah. it like just just putting a, a a few papers together or
2: and that's another thing like it doesn't have to look a certain way because that's one mm-hmm. of the things that came up for me when i decided to do mine mm-hmm. and what i love about memoir versus autobiography a memoir you have that a flexibility to where you could start say today, where you currently are. And then you can bounce to an event that occurred when you were five, then you could bounce to an event that happened when you were in your 30s, then you could bounce to a time in your teenage years. And the whole thing is, is like, what matters to me the most, is I often hear people say, who would want to read my story? you know, I, I dealt with domestic violence. I'm a breast cancer survivor. It's like, who hasn't dealt that? It's not about what you dealt with. It's about the lesson that people can learn from you. And we all have experiences that ends with lessons that can be learned from.
0: Now, um, in doing this, um, are these, Are these memoirs, are they published, are they personal, or do you publish them, or how does that work?
2: Well, I don't publish them, and it Uh. depends on the person. I would recommend publishing it because the whole thing is what's important to me is that people get not only that their story is significant, but they're willing to put it out there because, say, Liz picks up my story. She reads something that inspires her that offers her a possibility that something could be different that she didn't think could be different. And it's because I decided to be creative just putting it out there. Does that make sense?
0: Makes perfect sense. And Liz is very impressionable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now for the um, people that are writing their memoirs is this, therapeutic for them or is this just because they feel like they have a story that they have to get out there or is it kind
2: of a mix well my lesson of what I learned from writing mine is it's not about the writing it's Mm -hmm. so cathartic to get your story out Mm -hmm. there's such a deeper underlining lesson of putting your story on paper Mm -hmm. And For me, the biggest lesson was one that I'm significant, because I was raised by two alcoholics. So I always had the belief that I didn't matter and I wasn't significant, my story wasn't significant. And two, it gave me such an understanding about myself about my family. And that led to compassion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and love yeah. and not only love for my family, but the love for myself, because then I could really see a bigger picture of myself that I don't think I allowed myself before to see, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of I truthful feeling... to answer your question.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that if we were to get anything out of my memoir, it would be like, Don't do drugs. (laughs)
2: You're not alone, because I think there's a lot of people in that.
0: (laughs) You end up a 40-year-old podcaster that works at a retail shop that sells Delta 8.
2: (laughs) And you serve a purpose, so hey. (laughs) I,
0: I do serve a purpose. I, I invade the ear holes of, of several of tens of people every <laughs> single month. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, honestly, I think what you do is very, very inspiring. I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, because somebody like myself, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of these podcast episodes before, but I cannot articulate well. I don't word good. Hmm. Yeah. it's You know, so like you have somebody out there that can write that down for you. I think that's great, you know? Um, and that's why I don't word good. So I'm just going to keep talking in circles until somebody cuts me off and says something cool <laughs> that... <laughs> no, no. I think it's great that what you're doing is, you know, is... You know, writing memoirs for people because, you know, it kind of got me thinking about my history a little bit mm-hmm. um, and Liz's history. I have no idea, of like, you know, how she was growing up, but I made up a story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I got we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk later. about
2: That's a story. like
0: the little she, email kid a,
1: crying after school. Then, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, that's not what I had in my head I thought you were like a superhero
1: I paid you to say you're that my cha-
0: <laughs> you're, you're my champion Boo You're my champion So uh, I don't know uh, Liz what would you say about yourself if uh, If we were to If we were to document a memoir Right now And like what do you think the moral Of your story would be
2: well, I'd be curious, what would be the title of your book?
0: Ooh, that's oh, even better.
1: I don't. I have no idea. Um, I was going to say, you know, um, it's kind of interesting because um, I have two brothers who, you know, I'm the oldest, and so I was kind of held to a higher standard than my brothers. Um, so I was a good kid. My middle brother is a drug addict who, you know, my mom has kind of coddled our entire lives and then my youngest brother is artistic so he was kind of you know so I felt like I was kind of pushed to the side because I was the good kid and I didn't stand out because I was artistic and I didn't have the issues that my other brother had with drugs and everything so I can relate to kind of that like I'm just in the background don't Mm -hmm. really matter so I guess well, if I was have, gonna say You have an
0: okay test you have an okay taste in men.
1: Yeah. Just okay though. I mean I think we did establish on a previous episode like I have like a thing for like grandpa age men <laughs>
0: <laughs> And I am I am an entire one day younger than her.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean I guess if I was going to choose a title for my book and I would say I I hold a lot of animosity still and resentment so I don't know maybe something about just letting it go because I think that's something Dave has helped me with since we've been together he's like why are you angry like it happened in the past you're in a much better place because you bust your ass so I mean like why hold on to all of that animosity? So I guess maybe it, something about just letting it go, let it go. (laughs) While
0: you were talking, I thought of a, I thought of a good name for my memoir. Hi, my name's Dave, but my wife calls me daddy. (laughs)
2: Got no
1: comment on that one. <laughs> so he's he's going to be on a podcast Sunday where he has to review like um, wrestling from 1997, and hmm. there was a match that he was watching where they were like hitting each other with straps, and <laughs> I was like, oh, you should make a joke that when you when we were watching this your wife got confused. It was like, daddy. <laughs>
0: <So>. Yeah. <clears throat> just uh, greasing. I'm just greasing the wheels for that. And I'm getting the joke ready. It's got a, it's got a simmer a little bit. You know?
2: I get it. Preparation is important.
0: Right. 100%. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah.
0: That would be the title of my memoir. I like it. Yep, I think your it.
1: shit would be like, hi, I'm Dave and I'm an asshole. Mm. I mean every Dave's an asshole, right? We are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we are. It's actually it's it's my most it's my most attractive trait. <laughs>
2: I just got nothing to say to that one.
0: Hold on. Let me get real close to the camera. Okay. (laughs) Oh man, this episode, nobody's going to want to listen to it. There's too much laughing. I love it. It's great. Good times. So we went to this thing the other day, you know, uh, we went to the, uh, what was it for the uh, for the animals, the uh,
1: Humane Society?
0: Yeah, the Humane Society's thing. And they gave me this hat that says woof. Um, and now it's my new favorite hat because it says woof.
2: I was going to ask you, uh, like, is there a story with it? Because it seemed really random for you to have a hat with woof on it. <laughs>
0: Orange isn't my color, but I do like that it says woof.
2: Yeah. Mm <laughs> hmm.
0: I mean, that's actually my favorite word to use when somebody's like talking to me, and like they keep talking to me, and I'm very uninterested in what they're saying, and it has something to do with like uh, something somebody said to them, and it like rubbed them the wrong way, and I'm just like woof.
2: And how do they? Whistle? And that usually
0: shuts down. Their- <laughs> yeah, it usually shuts it down.
2: Yeah.
0: And now they know my secret.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, you can't be putting all of your secrets out there because then people get what you're doing.
0: <laughs> well, that's where the asshole part comes in because I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm a very caring and loving and nurturing Dave. I'm not like the other asshole Daves. I just act like one on TV. It's fine.
1: <laughs> you're the anti-Dave, Dave.
0: I'm the anti Dave. I'm like I'm like the I'm like the, uh, the 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 um oh damn it! I'm like the Batman of Daves. You know.
2: I don't know. It's nothing. Me question. Nothing? Is it the Batman nothing? of Daves, or is it the other character? How about now? The the How about Penguin now? that was in that one Batman.
0: <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Danny DeVito penguin any day. (laughs) Yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, I could be the penguin. Yeah, as long as it's DeVito because DeVito did the best penguin. Totally, hundred percent. What do you think?
2: Who else did a penguin?
0: Right, that's my point. Who else did it?
2: (laughs) Oh, the
1: Adam. I don't know who played it in Adam West Batman go whack
0: whack him yeah, yeah i have that no guy. idea yeah I
2: don't know that <clears throat> well one. yeah
0: well he's not danny devito and if he ain't danny devito he can go fuck off <laughs> just saying
1: oh my god you are off the rails i'm gonna have to cut off your monster supply you're done today
0: <laughs>
1: too much caffeine actually,
0: not this is lack of sleep this is what that does to you <laughs> um, yeah, I've been working my tail off this week so I, I I'm coming off a bit more eccentric than usual and I apologize but you know what I also think that it makes for like good quality airtime and um I uh, I lost it it's gone
2: and I apologize Liz, <laughs> Liz, ask
0: a question, please.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I was I was going to ask you. You know, do you find that like everybody has a very interesting story, or do you have have you had an instance where somebody's like, I got to tell my story, and it just it's kind of I don't want to say droll, but kind of droll. Or do you find, like, everybody's got, like, that interesting something in there?
2: Yeah, I think it's possible that each person has something interesting. Because it's the way you tell it. It's Mm -hmm. the storytelling. So Mm -hmm. when I... Because I'm also a poet. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the same thing with poetry. That I'm not a rhymer. Can't stand rhyming poems. I never have, even as a kid. Don't like Mm -hmm. it at all. It's my poems are still telling a story. It's just not as elaborate as when I tell a story in a memoir, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. writing memoirs, like, it's really, you want, I would want you to pick up my book mm-hmm. and really feel like you're in my experience, that you can visualize it. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving that much depth to it. And every person has that possibility of creating that. Mm -hmm. If you're just going to give like vague details, then yeah, that's not interesting whatsoever. Who cares? (laughs) So you you have to be like
1: really willing to kind of dig deep and just lay it all out there for everybody. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. That's where the catharticism is, is because when you're willing to go deep, Mm -hmm. you can really begin that healing Mm-hmm. Of even I relate to what you said with the anger and that hostility and that resentment, because I experienced so much trauma with two alcoholic parents and a whole bunch of craziness growing up mm-hmm. that it didn't, it didn't start to heal until I was willing to go deep with it all. Yeah. Until I was willing to take responsibility mm-hmm. for how I, I even played a role in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I,
1: And I think, too, I mean, I still, like, I've tried to let go, but there's, you know, sometimes I just, I can't, you know, and I I do realize that's kind of a character flaw that, you know, like, it's just weighing me down, and I've got to let that go. I mean, I can see where sitting down and just being honest with yourself and, like, this is my story, this is the past, and I need to focus on the future, I can see how that would really just help kind of release that anger and animosity and tension that is built up over the years.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I had uh, an epiphany recently of listening to someone else speak that my father held resentments. My father held grudges like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So he was a carpenter and he often did work around local businesses And there was one business locally that apparently didn't pay him. And I was not supposed to go there. And then he had delicious desserts. And I'm like, I'm a teenager. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get to tell me that I can't go have those desserts because you're holding a grudge that they didn't pay you. I'm like, no, your grudge has nothing to do with me and my desserts. (laughs) Oh, man,
0: if I were you. I would have thrown up that sassy finger
2: and
1: just
2: uh uh. Just taking I'm a like bite was, out of it right in front of him, yeah. like, mmm. And the realization that of how much he held grudges, mm-hmm. I then had my own perception of how he held grudges. So I can also hold grudges because Mm -hmm. it was an experience that I had with him because as a kid, it seemed normal to watch my father be so angry with people that he felt did him wrong.
1: Mm hmm.
2: But the huge lesson for me is why am I holding on to all of this? Somebody else's shit. And when I go six feet under, I do not want somebody else's shit to literally be holding me down. That's not worth it to me. Life is way too short. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't Isn't it
1: funny? Like the things that we realize about our parents as we get older It's just, you know, you don't see it as a kid, but, and I mean, like really, I did not see it until I moved out and kind of was looking in instead of just being in it. And I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is not, because I mean, my mom was like very controlling um, and I don't want to say manipulative, but kind of, you know, like. Um, Mm -hmm. She passed away last year, and it hit us all very hard. And I told Dave, I think a lot of it is because my mom would always say, no one's ever going to love you the way that I love you. You're only safe in my house. So when we lost my mom, it was like, wait, who's going to love us? Because we've been conditioned to think that nobody will ever love us or treat us as great as she did. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's like
2: huge. And that, <laughs> yeah. that was more about her saying that because then mm-hmm. she felt good of how much she loved you. However, mm-hmm. that's a powerful message, even mm-hmm. as an adult to hear that because it's, yeah, yeah and it's, it's creating that. Like, is it really possible for your husband to love you? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I think and, that a lot of
1: that is she was very insecure. Yeah. Because, I mean, she did not want any of us to move out. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. I know that most mothers are like, when you turn 18, go. She's like, but you can live here forever. Uh, and, oh, she I is, mean,
0: it, it, <laughs> She has oh. often talked to us about moving. So her mom kind of adopted me as one of her kids. Like her mom mm-hmm. fell in love with me the moment she met me. She was just a wonderful woman um, and uh she has often come to us and talked about us moving to a compound with her and yeah. the rest of the family. Uh- On several Uh, occasions, like more than once, I thought it was a joke at first, but it was not a joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, like I grew up with that, like oh, we should all live in a commune and everything, (laughs) like that's a cult. (laughs) And like, don't get me wrong, my mom was a very great person. It was just that insecurity, and you know, not I, I didn't, I never realized that that's what that was. That that was insecurity right there, and wanting to make sure that she had that, you know, like her children were always going mm-hmm. to be with her because she was afraid that we were going to leave or, you know, turn our backs on her or whatever. So,
2: yeah, she might've had a story of abandonment. Mm-hmm. So then she was creating that security. Like you were the security blankets that you were never yeah. going to leave her. And mm-hmm. she was never going to be abandoned. Like mm-hmm. I remember, um, I, I don't recall how old I was, but I must have been like an adolescent age. My mom would want me to go with her if she was going to go wash the car. Mm-hmm. And as an adolescent and a bratty teenager, I'm like, you're a grown woman. Why can't you just go by yourself? Like, what do you need me to go with you? Like, what do I want to stand around at a boring car wash? And like, I don't want to wash the car I <laughs> was lazy. And I'm like, well, what do you do? I got other things to be doing than going with you. Now, looking back on it, knowing what I know and knowing what I've learned, she had so much trauma and grief that Mm -hmm. she was afraid that something would happen. So as disturbing as it sounds, it held a security for her that I would be with her so that if something happened, she wouldn't be alone. However, Mm -hmm. if something happened, both of us would be taken out. But she wouldn't be alone because she, her whole family died before she was 40. Oh, Wow. So she had a lot of grief and a lot of trauma, and I just didn't get it as a kid that Mm -hmm. she really wanted me to go because she had that fear that something Mm -hmm. would suddenly happen because that's what appeared in her life. Her brother suddenly died, her mother suddenly died, and then her father suddenly died. Wow. So, yeah, it's really interesting. And I I feel like growing up is really unlearning all of the bullshit that we learned. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually true. Like Liz and I often talk about like generational gap or generational uh, differences, like going back to, we'll say where my mom was from the 1950s, you know, my mom was born in the fifties, you know, she grew up in a, in a household. Now in that time era, parents were more strict you Hold couldn't on. do this, you couldn't do that, you know, uh be home at a certain time. Um, then like the eighties came and that's where like Liz and I showed up and we're like boom on the scene, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um and we single handedly made the eighties cool. <laughs> single handedly.
1: No. I you did not see my haircut. Look at me in the aqua big hair, the bangs. (laughs) At least I never had a rat tail. Dave. I did have a rat
0: tail. I did have a rat tail.
2: (laughs) What about a mohawk?
0: (laughs) That actually came in my twenties. I had a mohawk in my twenties what are you gonna do right yeah i was in a, I was in a punk band it seemed like the right thing to do uh, it was it was blue it was blue and i was very proud of it um so yeah um the 80s came and like the parents were like a little less strict but still you know uh, they, it was the after school specials. You got like Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. era where, like, you know, everybody's trying to be wholesome, like the 50s, yeah. but it, it wasn't the same as it was, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 50s. So things have changed a little bit. But then, like, the 90s came along with the influences of grunge and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, us, us 80, 80s babies became teenagers and we're like, oh, fuck that. I don't want to live by my parents' rules, <laughs> you know, and, uh, then us 80s babies became adults and then we gave birth to this generation that's just fucking up man i have no idea what's going on with them <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> everything I <mean>,
0: sucks now <laughs> what Dave have and I we were done talking
1: about how like you know it's like our parents kind of wanted to rebel against the way they were raised so you know i think that our generation you know we were overindulged you know right we were, like i had yeah. everything i had every toy everybody joked I'm that coming. our house looked like toys are us because we had everything because my mom didn't want to tell us no it, which again mm-hmm. could have gone back to the the love and insecurity thing <laughs> but yeah. it's just yeah.
0: well that that was your mom my mom was like don't eat my fucking pork rinds that's just- <laughs> yeah we had
1: very different upbringings we had <laughs>
2: very like <laughs> yeah and i'm coming yeah. from the late 70s mm-hmm. so i grew up with the uh, especially in the 80s with the uh, um beastie boys and d Snyder, twisted mm-hmm. sister so i had that natural i want to rebel because yeah. that's what oh, was yeah. in the space anyways. And then, like, I had this conversation with my significant other just a few days ago. My generation was so exposed to sex that it's mm-hmm. no wonder that I was so rebellious, even at such mm-hmm. a young age. Like, I loved Eddie Murphy's raw skit, and I was 10 mm-hmm. years old, like, what I had no, no. business at 10 years old watching <laughs>
1: Raw. <laughs> we talked about that, um, recently because we watched the new Beavis and Butthead movie, and you know, we grew up watching Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. We were in high school when Beavis and Butthead to America came out, yeah. and like you think it is, is an older teenager, like you, you understand the, all those jokes. Yeah. But then you go back and watch it as an adult, and you're like, "What the hell was I watching? Like, yeah. I I did not know that that's what that meant in high exactly. school." <laughs> yeah, because
2: I loved Viva and Butthead in high school. I was walking yeah. around singing right. that song all the time.
0: <laughs> Going back to the Eddie Murphy thing, I can remember one of my earliest childhood memories was a, a, a comedy special with Whoopi Goldberg. I don't remember the name of it, but I I know it was on HBO. And she came out, and she was in a jean jacket, and she started singing. She said, "Oh, say can you, motherfucking see?" (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "I love comedy so much now." (laughs) And And and. The whole time, like I loved Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my god, like that fucking whole comedy special was just aces. What happened to her? <laughs> what happened?
1: She
2: she's on the view.
0: It, yeah, right.
2: Yeah.
0: Did <laughs> didn't yeah. she get in trouble recently?
2: I have no idea. I don't
1: watch the view.
0: Liz would probably Oh, no, no, no. I'm not I'm not talking about that. She was in the news about something. Like, she said something, like, racially charged or something like that. I I don't remember what it was. But I was like, no, not my whoopee. (laughs) She holds a very special place in my heart.
2: I was surprised to learn that back in the 90s or 80s, she was having an affair with Ted Danson.
1: Yeah, that was a weird...
0: Okay, so I did not find that weird.
2: You didn't find it it weird?
0: No, no. He was a a dashing young gentleman.
2: Like, it's, it's just a weird coupling
0: whoopi goldberg what he was a dashing young gen he just he just wanted a taste of the good life she that's whoopi goldberg she's a comedian <laughs> <laughs> he was on cheers
1: I right? found it odd. yeah cheers i the, the i found <laughs> it odd too i found it weird yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah, and that just hey, you know what people to go together for me. I don't know,
0: <laughs> just saying, man. Just saying, get you some. There had to be something about Whoopi Goldberg that just made him attracted to her. Like, she's probably a minx in the sheets. Just saying. I mean, here, yeah, but like, everyone else, she is, she's, she's fiery. probably a minx in the sheets. Just saying, she is she's
2: fiery. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's but
0: yeah, man, she's she is uh um she is one of like the only comedians of that era that like gripped my attention like that. I mean, there was quite a few. My mom like had me watch like Richard Pryor and stuff growing up, but that to me the seventies was like eons away, you know. Mm Yeah. at that point in time like when i'm thinking like the 70s oh sanford and son oh that was like 50 years ago but it wasn't it was like 10 years ago you know yeah. back when we were watching it but like when you're a kid you have really no concept of that kind of time you know what i'm saying yeah. No. and um
2: i still like feel now like, like as a, as a teenager 40 year old,
1: i feel like we just got yeah. out of school it's been 22 years so we
0: just yeah. we just started college so yeah i guess it should um because
1: <laughs> so, i didn't know what i wanted to be when i grew up so it
2: took a while <laughs> you know, I to,
0: right <laughs> right i, I, was, well, I was i, I was just telling yeah i was just telling somebody yesterday because somebody is like yeah you know as you get older your mind deteriorates and and you don't learn as well. And I was like, I actually begged to, begged to differ on that one. I said, I'm 40 years old. I just started college. And to be honest with you, I could focus better now than I ever could when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, um, I guess as a child, I probably would qualify if I were a child now, I would, you know, the child I was back then, if I were a child now. I would probably qualify to be on the spectrum because my ass was everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, back then we didn't have a diagnosis for everything that just, no, they have a diagnosis was just, for now.
1: That, it was just the weird kid in class. Like that's, that was yeah. the diagnosis. It was just a weird kid in class.
0: Right. I was like two mm-hmm. steps away from playing with like snot in the, in the back of the room. That Like I was that close.
2: Oops. <laughs> I was going to put in the corner for time out because I talked too much. I was a talker.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: No, no.
2: I remember in first not... grade I got in trouble because I was writing notes to boys that were sitting next to me.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my fifth grade teacher used to threaten to tape my mouth shut all the time. And one time he just, he had enough he put tape over my mouth and i just kept what? right on talking i just kept right on talking and he's like i will get the stapler i don't care <laughs> like oh i he, oh
0: man nowadays Money. that would be a lawsuit so here's here's
1: the thing that would be thing. a
0: lawsuit and a half
1: yeah. here's the thing my mom had him his first year teaching and i had him his last year teaching so he knew my mom and he knew my grandma because my grandma used to babysit him.
2: Oh, my gosh. So, There's way too much connection there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, and he, you know, when I was in school, you know, they couldn't paddle you, but he still had his paddle from when he could. And he would b- bring it out and put it on his desk. It was called Old Blue. There's a blue paddle. Oh, wow. It was painted blue and it had holes drilled oh, wow. in it. Intimidation. Real- <laughs> I know. He would just sit it on oh, his desk. So he would sit it on his desk and you just shut up. E- Everybody would just stop. The class wow. would go silent because he was like a loose cannon. He can't hit you, wow. but it doesn't mean he won't. <laughs> wow.
0: Nowadays, people will just like be like,
2: going, yeah, bring it on. Try it. Yeah. Try it. <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah, that would be the kid nowadays. <laughs> what are you gonna do now?
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. scary to think that teachers are allowed to carry guns. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy in schools yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Oh man, it's nuts.
2: Yeah.
0: And I don't want to be a teacher. See, no, 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 no. I'm going in the safe old marketing where I could just sit back and not really deal with people too much. Mm. Just sit behind the screen, get some words sent to me. And I'm like analyzing the words and I'm like, okay, that's what the words want. And then I do it and send it back to the customer and I don't have to deal with nobody. Safe old marketing. (laughs) You know what? I enjoy doing this more than i do face to face interaction Really? Yeah. I'm I, it might seem like I'm a people person, but I people all day. So when mm-hmm. I get home, I don't people much. Yeah.
1: It, he doesn't really do talk to me when he gets home and like yeah. it took me a very long time to get used to that. Like he'd come home and I'd just be like talking obviously nonstop. And I'm like, are you mad at me? And he's like, no, I just spent all day talking. I don't want to talk. I just want to sit here in silence. And I'm like, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I get that. Because you need that downtime from peopling so much. Yeah.
0: Right. And with the podcast, it's more of like a... It's more of a... And it's a safe way to meet people. Mm-hmm. And it's also... and it's a, And it's a great way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I don't know how far this podcast will go. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it because I it's get to go meet to the moon. people <laughs> like yourself. To the moon. But I get to meet people like yourself who have an interesting story to tell. And I think that's absolutely fucking wonderful that I could, I, I could be the medium, at least one of the mediums, to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have a conversation and, <laughs> you know – it's it's almost it's almost like going out to a place and talking with somebody but on a on a less uh, on a less uh expect expectation of like you know of like i, I don't know what a, the word i'm searching for is like to try to impress or anything like that yeah the impressions already there you yeah. know the impressions already there Uh, we're just exploiting it. We're talking about it, you know, which is great because we have a, we have like an, either an email or a messaging correspondence Mm -hmm. and we get to know each other a little bit through that. And then we bring you on and we already have an idea of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. You know? And so for me, it's, for me, it's great. I love that. But if you were to bump into me at the mall, I'd be like, fuck you looking at
1: (laughs) no no somebody bumps into us at the mall and we're like oh I'm sorry
0: (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry sir let me clean those uh, let me clean that off your shoes
1: we don't go to the mall we barely go to the
2: there's too many people at the mall
0: yeah COVID
2: has changed that in so many ways I can't tell you the last time I've been to a mall.
0: right uh, we went to the mall. Well, when we go to the mall, it's usually for our cell phones. Yeah. Usually. Yeah.
1: I go to the mall more we, often. We're
0: bougie. We're bougie and we like the uh, latest iPhones. <laughs> yeah.
1: which, by the way,
0: which, by the way, I just got an email today, babe. iPhone 14's coming out.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Bet it's going to do the same exact shit as the iPhone 13. It does. But because it has the 4 on there, I kind of want it.
1: I think when we go to the mall, we tend like we'll be like, we go during the week so it's not busy like it is on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. We're like, let's take the day off so we can go to the mall when it's dead. (laughs) All the all the kids are in school. The (laughs) teenagers won't pass us. (laughs) we go and do like the power walking in the morning. My pants are pulled up to here.
2: We,
0: we got the we got the premium Sam's we got the premium Sam's Club card, so we can get in with like the early birds, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's us. That's
0: yeah. us. I,
1: I will 100%. say, I I have hit that age though, where I am genuinely afraid of teenagers, so I do try to avoid the mall when the teenagers are
2: there. Oh my gosh! Can I tell you? I decided to work at a local fair for Labor Day weekend Mm -hmm. and I thought it's something I've never done before another way I'm opposite I love meeting people and if I Mm -hmm. meet people out in the public I find it even more fun because then I can kind of I can kind of tweak it so then I can like engage with them in a way that I can't seem to engage sometimes on zoom or on the phone And it fascinates me with how humans work. So I purposely will engage in conversations that somebody else will find extremely annoying and have to bail. And I keep pushing it because I get so intrigued by the person that I keep going with. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I worked at the fair and met amazing people and learned so many lessons and was incredibly annoyed because I was sitting outside, standing outside for hours on my feet in the element with car exhausts all coming into my face and found that I actually enjoyed it. Like it was, you know, it was what it was. However, there was a 15 year old and oh my gosh, I have a 24 year old and I think I have forgotten what it's like to have a teenager around my circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I was around her for less than five minutes and I had to make a request to the manager that I had to go far away from her because (laughs) she was so negative and so whiny and so being a victim oh my gosh Uh, if this was my kid I'd have to slap the shit out of her because it's like come on the world owes you nothing I owe you nothing
1: (laughs) we have a we have nephews who come over and they're not, they're, they're not teenagers yet, but they're close enough. And, uh, the oldest one is 12 and he, he kept begging us. Can we, can I spend the night at your house? Can I spend the night at your house? And we're like, okay. We knew he wanted to come over and play video games. That's all he wanted. Yeah. So he gets over and he just has his phone, his face in his phone the whole time. And we're like, why don't you put your phone down? You said you wanted to hang out with us. And he said, he said, okay, boomer, give me a minute. And I said, we're we're not boomers. Like that's Grammy and Papa's age. Like we're not boomers. And he said, oh, it just sounds like something a boomer would say. And I'm like. Wow! So, I'm like I am so, from the generation where I can still smack your ass. Like exactly. I will hate you.
2: <laughs> exactly. So,
0: so when he said that, and Liz got done with her, her spiel, and he said, he's like, "Oh, okay, boomer." I, I man, so I came out from the back of the house because I heard him say that. I came out from the back of the house, and I jumped onto this kid. I, I I held him down on the floor and I said, You take that back. You don't say nothing about your religion like that and,
1: <laughs> No, no and, we, we and gave him cried. a history lesson on like what a boomer is. And like, yeah. yeah, like yeah. we're we're like the cool kids. And was, like we're not that old. And that, and
0: that was we're like, yeah, we're hip. We're with it.
1: Yeah. Watch 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 me eat this across
2: the room. <laughs> Uh, the Macarena.
0: Everybody check it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, that's
2: so funny. I, I just yeah, so, so funny. I have, so have this segment. I, have, I had to yeah, say. So straight. I have this segment.
0: I have this segment on the podcast sometimes that I'll do. It's called the 40 year old trend killer. And basically The idea is to take what's popular right now and fucking destroy it. Mm -hmm. Like, I have something I call, the episode uh, I call The Yeet Killer. Uh, And this is the only episode I have out right now. But uh, stay tuned because I am going to be destroying um, YouTube food reviewers. (laughs) um, And I am also going to be destroying, um, well... We're, we're not going to give away too much, but food reviewers, I'm coming for you. Um,
2: so then I want to ask, are there certain food reviewers that you watch?
0: Oh, no, I don't watch any of them. But, you know, my <laughs> biggest problem with them, honestly, is like they like overdo it. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, uh, let me tell this story because right, oh, I'm yeah. already fucking mad about it.
1: Because you woke me up, up one morning to tell me this story.
0: All right, I'm mad as shit about this. All right, mm-hmm. so have you heard of Gordon Ramsay's scrambled eggs? No. Okay, so check it out. Sometimes, okay, just just sometime go out into the into the YouTubes, like mm-hmm. all of us elderly people do. We go to the YouTubes to find things. All
2: of us um, boomers.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of us boomers, <laughs> are, are us geriatric people. Yeah, we yeah. we go to the the YouTubes, and so we'll. We'll look up, we'll look up something and we'll fall down a rabbit hole much like everybody else does. And I came across a, uh, a particular one where somebody was reviewing something called Gordon Ramsay's scrambled eggs. Okay. It's just fucking scrambled eggs. There's nothing, there's nothing special about it. He doesn't do any, how do you make scrambled eggs? Do you make scrambled eggs? I make scrambled eggs all the time. Uh, But how about you? How do you do it? You just, you scramble them, right? And then you throw them in a pan and you just keep them. scramble
2: them them and some salt, some pepper.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you keep them moving, right? Well, you don't even really need the milk. If you keep them moving, it's going to make them fluffy. But then fucking Gordon Ramsay comes out with this wonderful thing that he just scrambles eggs. And then he keeps it moving in a pan. And now everybody's blowing their fucking loads about it.
1: (laughs) He woke me up one morning. I'm not a morning person. Don't wake me up. He woke me up one morning to tell me how upset he was that, like, all these, like, TikTok kids are, like, going crazy over Gordon Ramsay's scrambled eggs. He's like, oh, they're like, yeah, they TikTok, were TikTok.
0: YouTube. So
1: he's like, uh, you're, yeah, going, was- you're going crazy over Gordon Ramsay's scrambled eggs and they're, t- they're so amazing. and. He's like, I went to his page and I watched how he makes them. He's like, they're just fucking scrambled eggs. <laughs>
2: I'm like, you, you scrambled fucking egg in a pan. You know we were talking about like a half hour ago. <laughs> Life is way too short, Dave.
0: <laughs> I can't let it go. I can't let it go.
2: No. Fucking
0: Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Fuck you.
2: They're scrambled eggs.
0: Tuck, okay, they're everybody else's <laughs> eggs. They're everybody else's <laughs> eggs. You do nothing else. You do nothing different. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I am. I have strong convictions about that.
1: <laughs> strong enough to
2: wake your wife oh, up before the alarm goes off. TikTok.
0: What was that? I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, I was just saying that I am on TikTok, so I'll have to check it out. I'll search on there.
0: Absolutely, you absolutely should. And you should you should subscribe to our TikTok page. Oh, Cuz we need on more people. Yeah. He's on TikTok. We say we shit. No, our podcast is on TikTok. Thank I you. I don't
1: I don't get it. I don't I don't know how to work it. Dave's like, you should download Snapchat. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't get
2: Twitter. Why why is it being popular? Because when my kid was a no teenager, idea. that was popular. Like what what is I have no
0: idea. Popular? I still don't understand it. Like we downloaded, it. I'm like, hey, this will be a great avenue for the podcast. I get into it. I am so fucking lost. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing on it.
2: I didn't get it when Not she was a, a teenager. Little. I'm like, I don't care to get it now. And she's yeah. in her 20s. I don't understand like, why adults I am... are like, send me on Snap. Check me on Snap. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? We're,
0: I mean, it doesn't matter anyway. Before too long, we're all going to be uploaded into the metaverse. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I personally don't even understand Twitter. I
2: don't either. Never been on it.
0: Oh, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. Love it. You know what? You really want to get your name out there? Go to Twitter. If you need help, I'll help you. Like, it is fantastic. It's
2: vile.
0: It's not. Um, (laughs) I mean, it can be. I'm sure, but like, it's not. Um, it's more of a community based thing. So like, yeah, if you want to be in a porn, I'm sure there's like a lot of stuff that's porn or fighting and dog fighting and stuff like that. There's always the dark side of the, uh, of things, but like mine's for podcasting communities. And I, I have a large (laughs) community of podcasters. Um, and it's kind of helped us as a podcast team. As mm. well because you're kind of looking for your your peers in that respect yeah. um, and we've built so far we're over a thousand and we started back in March so like wow, that's awesome. and yeah and it's all it, it's all like for the most part legit podcasters and people that listen to podcasts yeah you know and podcast promoters those sons of bitches.
1: <laughs> those bots <laughs>
0: Oh no, they're bots. They're not bots. Every time I tell them to go fuck themselves, they tell me to. You, you know, they they say, "Well, I could promote your podcast. Why don't you want that?"
1: What about the one the other day that said, "Hey, baby."
0: Oh, that was my favorite. I'm like, yeah. You realize you're you're messaging a married a married podcast, right? You know, it's we say weird shit with a man and a woman on the fucking cover of it. That's cool. <laughs> Which one are you talking to?
1: Both. Knowing this generation, both. Yeah.
0: I should have just been like, I should have been like, you could promote my podcast, but I got to see some bobs.
2: (laughs) (sighs) And she got red
0: in the face. I love it.
2: Oh, that's so funny.
0: Oh, but any hootily doodly, um, we give our, our guests about five minutes ish, give or take, to throw out what's next for them. Do you have a book coming out? You, I hear you're into poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's next for Kimberly coming up?
2: Well, I don't want to forget because I appreciate you both having me on here. I do have a free ebook that your listeners can have and so that's on my website and the website is https semicolon forward slash forward slash cuz I still get to do that even though it's not very common these days to do that kimberlyhenrycoaching.com and they'll see a button there for the free ebook and uh, they can also have a free discovery call with me to talk about if they're considering writing a memoir, if they've already started it, they don't know how to do the rest of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a free 15 minute discovery call to see how I can support them, if I can support them, cause we're not always a good fit. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like there's a couple of things that are coming up for me. I really do feel like I get to have a podcast cause I do love talking. and i've kind of already had some conversations with my daughter because i feel like that would be awesome to do that with her um well you, you keep
0: in correspondence with me about that um and we can actually help you get started if you have any questions
2: oh that would be awesome
0: yeah yeah because um, cool. it took us a minute to start up too, so if you have any questions about what you know, what would be right for you as far as like you know platforms and stuff, mm. Liz and I will help you along the way, and we can also get you hooked up with some of my Twitter friends, get you on Twitter, so we can get you a little bit of popularity and so we can do some promotions. But I want, oh, I think wow. that would be a great goal to work toward.
2: That mm. would be cool, yeah. And I do have questions about like what's the best equipment, you know, like. The ins and out of that, because I don't know anything about that in that regards. So, and I yeah, feel like I'm just use whatever of,
0: cheap. It's fine.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fine. Just use whatever. Whatever's cheap. No, I'm kidding. I'll get with you on that one. I will get with you on that one.
2: Yeah, I'd appreciate it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And then I really feel like I get to get out of my comfort zone when doing like workshops Mm because I know there are people out there who just don't even know that they have a story. Like they don't, they haven't even realized it yet. Yeah. And then there are people who have written their story eons ago and are too afraid to pick it back up or not knowing where to finish it. All of those things, because it's like, it's amazing that when you choose to jump into this, all of those fears then come up the, Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. You know, I'm not significant enough. And then that really tends to hold people back. And for me, it was the fear of allowing myself to be emotional with what would come up once I decided to do it. So that's why I feel like it's important to have a coach to work with because I've been trained to support people with all of those things that come up so that's my two cents that's
0: that's your two cents (laughs) Kimberly we loved having you on you're a hell of a guest you're very fun to talk to Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely want to have you back I think that uh, I think uh, and you know what Liz and I might have to talk this over and you might have to write our memoir or one of our memoirs or both of our memoirs uh, separately Uh, but we'll we'll talk more business later
2: yeah that Um, would be awesome and I had fun with both of you. You're, I love your energy and how you work together. There's not very many married couples that I can be in the same space <laughs> and have fun with, you know. Thank you.
0: Monster Energy Drink. We need a we need a sponsorship. Thank you. Um, so, Kimberly, thank you so much for being on. Um, and um, Definitely um, keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, I think it's wonderful. Uh, from my, us here, at we say weird shit. We are your humble hosts. My name is Dave,
1: and I'm Liz.
0: And we will see you next week.